If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. What's up and welcome back to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, September 30th, 2022. I'm Tim Gettys, of course, and I'm joined by the new face of video games, Blessing at AOEA June. We are T-minus 14 days until the new studio. Mm-hmm. Two weeks. Mm. I'm excited. I, I'm excited that you did a countdown to the new studio because I thought you were going to do a countdown to us seeing the new Mario movie trailer because we're going to oh hear God. Chris Pratt as Mario in, in less than a week, Blessing. How does that make you feel? Uh, it makes me feel nervous. Uh, I still... I still have the conspiracy theory that I think Chris Pratt is going to be playing a regular dude who is then trapped in Mario's body because that's still the only way I can make it make sense in my head that they're casting all these big stars as opposed to like mm-hmm. legitimate, not, not that they can't be legitimate voice actors, but like voice actors that are known for voice acting. I feel like that would still be the, the, the way to go about it. I just can't picture Chris Pratt doing a Mario Italian accent. That's the thing that gets me. And so I'm nervous you gotta about it. got to think harder. But when I think harder about it, it turns from, all right, how does this sound to, oh, this sounds embarrassing. Like, I can't think of a Chris Pratt Mario voice that doesn't sound just fucking weird. Can you? I can't wait. I can't wait, man. Less than a week. Our lives are about to be changed. Bring us that. Bring us that man. I don't know if I want this man. I don't know if I want this man. Let me tell you. So, of course, it's Friday, which means that last night, uh, we last night was trivia night. Went to trivia. Let me tell you, we got the closest we've ever gotten to getting first place in trivia night. It was it came down to the last question where it was like the the final they have like a final round where where essentially you're um, wagering points, like any any amount of points to uh, to get to the top. And we were tied in a three way tie for first place. And so what did we do? Did we wager five points? Did we wager 10 points? No, we took it. We took it to the max and wagered 15 points, which is, which is the max amount of points you can wager. Hell yeah. And we got the question wrong because <laughs> they asked a question that nobody got right. Nobody got right, but we 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 flubbed it and we ended up in third place. Oh, uh, yeah. But we got real Double close. Or nothing. Sometimes it gets close. you nothing. We should have wagered one, <laughs> like a smart. Should have wagered one. Yeah. But of course, you know what? Enough about all your trivia talk. Bless. This isn't the blessed trivia show. This is kind of funny games daily. <laughs> that's a different. Where show we get together. That's a different. That's, that's a different, different show. show. That's a whole other thing, man. Uh, of course, you can get the show each and every day live on YouTube.com/slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv/slash Kind of Funny Games. That's right. Starting next Monday, we're going to be live in both places every single weekday for Games Daily and for. Uh, the gameplay streams that happen each and every day as well. So that is extremely exciting. You can check that out if you would like. Uh, if you want to listen, though, you have to search your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny Games Daily, and we'll be right there for you and your beautiful, beautiful listening ears. Uh, remember, you can use Epic Code Kind of Funny on all Epic Store and Epic in-game purchases like Rocket League and Fortnite to help support the channel. Uh, it doesn't cost you anything extra, but it helps us financially. 
So that's great. Uh, but if you do have dollars to toss our way, patreon.com slash kind of funny or kind of funny games is where you want to go. Where bronze members or above gets right in, silver members or above get the show ad free. That's outdated. That's outdated. Patreon's changed starting next Monday. So check it out. You can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny to see all the changes right now. Some housekeeping for you. A new PS I Love You XOXO is up right now. Janet's gotten to play Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. Tim Geddes could not be more jealous of her. Uh, she also gets to play some other Square games and talked about it all with you yeah. beautiful boys. We also talked a lot about PS FIFA. I Love You. There was an extended FIFA segment on PS I Love You. So if you want to hear me and Janet just nerd out about FIFA and also uh, AFC Richmond from Ted Lasso appearing in FIFA and our thoughts on AFC Richmond uh, from Ted Lasso appearing in FIFA, go check out that episode. It is a spirited discussion all about FIFA 23 and all the things we love about it and maybe a few of the things that we wish are better about it. But yeah, if you like FIFA, <laughs> this is the episode for you. This is the FIFA, FIFA episode. Yeah, take the good, but take the bad. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producer, Fargo Brady. Today we're brought to you by NZXT Canvas Gaming Monitors and Uplift, but we'll tell you all about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. We have five stories today. A baker's dozen. Number one in the Roper Report, Google reportedly passed on a Stadia-exclusive follow-up to Death Stranding. This comes from George Yang at IGN. Hideo Kojima was reportedly working on a follow-up to Death Stranding that was meant to be an exclusive title for Google Stadia. However, it was apparently canceled due to its single-player nature. According to a report by 9to5Google, the next Death Stranding, there's no word on whether it was a sequel, prequel, or spin-off, or related to an obscure movie from the late 90s to early 2000s, as Bless would like to make you think, uh, would not have had the first game's collaborative and asynchronous multiplayer obscure. features, such as building bridges in your world that could show up in other players. This was reportedly the basis for Google's decision to cancel the game, as the company believed that a solo experience wouldn't sell very well the game was reportedly in early development as google greenlit the project but when the company was shown mock-ups in 2020 the project was subsequently canceled the final decision was reportedly made by stadia general manager phil harrison we've contacted kojima productions and google for comment hmm. fascinating hmm what you think bless uh i think the idea of not um uh, of not not bring it on because you don't think it's going to sell I think is is it's interesting, right? Because like I feel like Kojima, Kojima's at a point of his career and at a, of his notoriety that he can make I think anything that is some level of quality and it's going to sell well because he has the Kojima name attached to it. Like, I think we're at that point of Kojima Productions, and that's why we get things like Death Stranding, right? PlayStation, we're like, yo, make whatever you want because you know you're Kojima and. We essentially trust you to make something that at least fans get excited for. It could be a thing that some fans are turned off by. It could be a thing that is weird that on paper doesn't work, but with that Kojima touch, yeah, like it's going to it's going to sell to an audience. So I think seeing Stadia, uh, especially especially with the things that we have seen Stadia greenlit, or on the other hand, not greenlit, right? Like seeing Stadia not have output whatsoever in terms of first party exclusive stuff that excites the masses. I think that even pushes us further of, okay, so you didn't do the Destrianing uh, spinoff sequel, whatever this was going to be, but then you didn't do anything else either. Like, what was the vision here? Like, you shut down your first party studios, what, like a year or so ago. Um, what was 
the first party vision. I think that's the th that's what this comes down to is that Stadia didn't really have a good exclusive or first party vision in terms of this is what is bringing people to the platform. Um, but yeah, I look at this and I get I get surprised that you would pass up on a Kojima thing. I would think the I would think the argument would more so be the price and like how much you're paying Kojima. Because on that hand, I can understand it. Because I imagine getting an exclusive Kojima game is probably expensive. And if they're like, oh no, it just costs too much for that. I do get that. I think that might make sense. But them being like, no, this, the it, it being a single player thing, it being um, uh, it not having those multiplayer elements to it that we know from Death Stranding, at least for the social elements of it, that I find weird because those were the weird parts of that game, right? Like those were the parts that I'd say don't really work well on paper that I think did work well in the final product. But in terms of a sellable, hey, you know, sell this to a, a, a wide audience, I don't think that. It's fine to have a, a Death Stranding thing be single player, especially if it is a different take on what Death Stranding was, right? If it is, here's the next iteration of Death Stranding, here's the next uh, Kojima idea for this same IP that's going to take it to another level. Uh, I think it could make sense for a Death Stranding to not be multiplayer, but I am, I am surprised to see that they would pass up on something like this. You know, I feel like the knee-jerk reaction to this is just like, what the hell were they thinking? But I actually don't think that the, this is as wild of a choice as it might seem. Because, like, Death Stranding sold very well for what it is, being a new IP. Like, 5 million units sold as of July 2021. So that's not even including the uh, PS5 version and all that. This is just the uh, PC and PS4 versions of it. Um, but... I, I think that the idea of where did Google Stadia go wrong, like there's a million different answers you can give. And one of them being, oh, they didn't have a strong first, person, first party identity. I think that that is almost this weird like chicken and the egg type thing where we look at game consoles. And if you're going to come into the console space and try to compete, you need to compete. Like you need to have things that people are going to look at and be like, oh, this is why I'm going to invest in yet another system. And I feel like that's kind of where Google went wrong from the, the jump. We talked about this yesterday, but their lack of subscription offering, their um, kind of inability to kind of see where the industry was at at that moment. And they were kind of looking at the future. And I think they kind of made the wrong calls in terms of what they made their their bets on. Like they had to just come out with a service that just worked and allowed people to play the games that they wanted to play streaming in the cloud. And instead they didn't do that and they didn't offer the unique game experiences. So I think having said that, they're not gonna look at a follow-up that is in a different style than Death Stranding and be like that's going to be our thing that's the thing we're going to invest in it's going to get people here like exclusively like it just to me doesn't seem like the right investment to make for mm -hmm. what google stadia was trying to be should have been in my opinion like i don't think that 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 fits the mold at all for what happened or had any reality of happening i my thing is i do think you need you need some big swings though and i think the problem with stadia is that they had almost no big swings swings in terms of software right we've heard we've seen the reports of oh yeah high on life was supposed to be a, a stadia game and i could see something like that working out i don't know if high on life is going to be the next big game necessarily but at least that it's a game that has some sort of identity and it's a game that if that was exclusive to stadia i think that could push at least a few subscription subscriptions over something from hideo kojima i would say would push a lot of subscriptions over if that game is indeed going to be exclusive on stadia and i'm with you though that like it is kind of a chicken in the egg thing i think the reason why death Stranding works so well as a PlayStation first party title is that PlayStation already has the identity. You know, to some extent, yeah. Death Stranding from Hideo Kojima is a risk in the sense that 
PlayStation was very hands-off in terms of what that game was and got to be. Hey, this is a third-person, uh, high-budget, you know, high-fidelity delivery sim with weird post-apocalyptic stuff going on, and most of the game is walking from place to place and, like, traversal and, like, traversing up hills and shit, right? That's a weird concept for a game, especially when you get into the story and the timefall and all this shit. Weird shit that if that was a... If, if that was, let's say, um, phase one of a PlayStation first-party title, right? If that came before, let's say, on the PS in the PS4 slave, that came before The Last of Us's and the Horizons and the Ghosts and the whatever. Like, if that if it was, hey, let's start off with Death Stranding. I think a lot of people would be like, oh, that's a weird. Like, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about this, man. This is a weird game. Is this what PlayStation first party is? But the fact that PlayStation first party kind of proved itself already with Last of Us and again all these games that I mentioned, and then it is now. Here's a thing from a creator you love that is different, that is weird, that is breaking, that is um breaking the mold of the things that you already know. I think that allows it to be a little bit more accepting and like. It, for the people that that game missed for, it doesn't feel like as much of a miss because you still have all this other stuff on the platform. Whereas if you put out a Death Stranding 2 on Stadia and it is, this is the first big exclusive, it's Death Stranding 2 or Death Stranding Timefall is back or whatever the fuck you call it. And it doesn't hit. <laughs> and it doesn't hit. It's like, oh, okay, well, man, Stadia, Stadia has a weird lineup. Like, I don't know how I feel about this thing. Um, so I, I, I get it from that extent. I, I The thing I just don't get is the fact that I don't think they Stadia never got it together in terms of putting out anything, right? Like you're turning down Death Stranding. You I don't know what the deal with deal was with high high on life high on life and why that didn't come to Stadia. But like you know you you blow it with that. You blow it with other games that were reported for Stadia. Where is the first party output? Like where is the exciting first party output? Because I know they had some things, but I couldn't even name name them to you right now. Um, so that that's yeah. more so where I come from with Stadia. Yeah, I mean like it goes back to when you get consoles and this might change one day but currently and how it's been for a very long time you need hardware and software and you need software needs to be exclusive and the stuff that people just expect to be on gaming consoles because they're everywhere like a call of duty or whatever right assassin's mm -hmm. creed the big third-party titles for now uh so for google it's like they lacked that first party thing they had the money they had the ability to do all the other stuff but they bungled it all so it's like that's the bigger part is they had nothing going for them uh in the the two the two-part thing that you need to be able yeah. to succeed in the the console race these days when every other group has it and have had it for years and are just building on it like it is the most trite thing to say at this point that like Xbox has been around long enough that it has a legacy. It has a suite of characters and IP that people love. And that used to only be true of Nintendo. And then all of a sudden it was also true for PlayStation. Now it is true for all three of them. And it is undeniably true for all three of them. And it's like, yeah, to jump into that and to be directly trying to compete with them and to miss that mark on the IP level, on the tech level, on the, the it just working level, on the install base level, like they messed it all up. So. Is there anything that a Death Stranding 2 or a Death Stranding spin-off game could do to get Tim Gettys in? Because I know Death Stranding, the original, wasn't necessarily your GM because of the kind of game it was. Yeah, not really. But I don't want it to be it, honestly. Like, I want them to just deliver more to that audience. Like, I think that it's awesome that uh, auteur like Kojima can create different experiences that speak so loudly to me and so quietly for a different one, right? Mm -hmm. But that speak so loudly to others. And I love that. Like triple down on that and do more cool things in that world or in different worlds. And maybe I'll like the third thing, whatever it is. Like, I think it's, it's cool. And not everything is for everybody, but that's kind of the beauty of art. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm very much of the mind of I, I I would like Kojima to do like a one for me, one for you type situation where it is, hey, Death Stranding was a thing that Kojima really wanted to make. And he made that because he believed in that idea and it was different and it was weird. And to your point, not every game is going to be for everybody, but Death Stranding was for a group of people that speak loudly for it. Like I loved it, right? But I know so many people that don't love it. Uh, I would love for Kojima's next game to be a, okay, here's one for you. Here's either just a third-person action game or a third-person stealth game with a dope-ass story that I know is going to speak loudly to the wide Kojima fan base, and then make a Death Stranding 2 or make another weird, uh, like weird game with different mechanics or whatever. Like if I can get Kojima making that back and doing that back and forth, I think that'd be the best case scenario because I do like Death Stranding. Even though for me, I'll put it up as like one of my favorite games of 2019. Now, even though I played it all the way through in 2022. Uh, I do think that Kojima, if he wanted to, could make a game that speaks to everybody on that game of the year level, right? Like, I think Kojima could make a, here's another Metal Gear Solid type game that is going to be in everybody's conversation for a, a, a game of the year. I think he still has that, that I don't uh, know. in him. You don't think so? I'm not sure. I Look, here's the thing. I think he has it in him. I'm not sure it's a guarantee, though. I'm not sure that that's a lock that, like, he could do that in the modern landscape. Him and his team could do that in this modern landscape of what games are and what his skill set is and where his education level and expertise in video game creation is these days. Like, I feel like he's not interested in making games that have that slam dunk. This is going to speak to the Everybody. widest swath of people vision. I think he very much is like, I have something to say and I'm going to say it. And that's great. You know, it's just, um, I, I think that it, it it's not necessarily uh you get one, I get one type situation because I think that it's impossible. Even if we were to get, get one of what you're talking about mm -hmm. it's going to be weirder and wackier than what we're expecting even and look at metal gear solid 5 i think is a good example where it's like that is metal gear but it's also not metal gear yeah <laughs> you know what i mean so For it's sure. like i think the days of getting old school metal gear from kojima those are over and i don't necessarily mean the ip specifically but that type of game yeah um and while that makes me sad because i love that stuff that's just the way that creators are sometimes and that's I, I, I do think you gotta like support it i do think the weirdness of metal gear solid 5 is what takes it to that level for i think most people that played it because i know again metal gear solid 5 is a weird one because there's a lot of story stuff in that game that i think most of the audience which was done better and which was more fleshed out and that game needed a chapter three and, and and all that stuff but when i think of the reasons why i love metal gear solid 5 it is how fantastic the gameplay loop is, how good that game looks and how good it presents, right? I did like a lot some of the story, a lot of the story and character stuff. But then also, I think the weirdness does take another level. I think the weirdness of Kojima stuff is what oftentimes makes Kojima stuff special to people. And if Kojima is like, hey, I'm gonna make another weird game, but this time, maybe just mechanically, it's gonna be a, a little bit more traditional. I think that would go a long way. Cause playing Death Stranding again, like I, I was shocked when I got to scenes toward the end of that game and there were certain performances that had me, that that blew me away. Um, uh, I think it was Die Hardman that had like a specific scene where I was like, fuck man, I can't believe that. Like, this is getting to me in this way. This is maybe one of the best performances I've seen in a video game possibly ever. Um, but that was mixed with a lot of mechanics that spoke to people in different ways, a lot of weird shit, a lot of stuff that I think either went over people's heads or just didn't hit people, even if they understood it, right? If you were to like, even keep that shit right but make a game that is a little bit more traditional in mechanics i think that would go a long way into like the game of the year conversation or like a hey this is a game that you, that's worth playing for everybody conversation i think he does have one of those in him but yeah i don't know if he has like a metal gear solid one or three right like something that feels way more traditional something that feels like anybody can get into it but i do think he has something that's like 
oh, everybody can love this, right? Like anybody can look at this and go, oh, this belongs in that like best game conversation of the year. I think he might have still have some of those in him. God bless Kojima, you know? God bless him. You listen to that podcast? Do some cool stuff. Do some cool. Oh, what a great podcast! What a great yeah, show man. that is. I still gotta listen to the, to the one What's that it called? went up yesterday. Brain structure. Brain structure. Yep. Brain structure. Yeah. Brain structure from Kojima. So dope. I love that he does it in Japanese and English. Well, not him, but like there's the the dub version. It's just like it's good for y'all. It's so good. Um, story number two. Game devs and Stadia employees alike were blindsided by the sudden shutdown. This comes from Ethan Gatch at Kotaku. If you thought Google's troubled streaming service Stadia might ever become a dominant player in the gaming industry, but almost no one expected it to shut down so abruptly, including the company's own employees. Stadia VP Phil Harrison, fast becoming the grim reaper of new gaming initiatives, informed staff of the news around the same time everyone else was learning about it from a public blog post. Work they had been doing up until that very moment suddenly became irrelevant, while developers in the middle of porting their games to Stadia still have no idea what comes next. Quote, Tangle Tower was due to launch on Stadia in two days' time. And this article was the first I heard about it shutting down. This comes from Tom Vian, one half of Snipperclip Studio, SFB Games, tweeted yesterday. Other developers felt similarly sucker-punched. We have a title coming out November 1st, replied Rebecca Heinemann. Now we hear about this. Studios have partner managers at Stadia to help with the process of porting games, getting them certified, and any other issues that may come up during the collaboration. Many had spoken to their counterparts as recently as this week, and there was no hint that anything was awry. We'd signed a deal and had been working towards a release on Stadia and Stadia Pro for Arctic Awakening in 2023. Goldfire Studios founder James Simpson told Kotaku, we just had communication with our partner manager earlier in the week going through some next steps. So there was no indication that anything was changing. Really One reason developers you, probably received. Uh, Tim, you're, you're, you're getting really robotic and hitching a lot. And I think you're also on a, a little bit of a delay. Um, okay. Yeah. Here's what we're going to do. Bless, can you take it from here? I'm going to restart my internet. I'll be right back. I got it. I got it. Picking up from where Tim left off, one reason developers probably received no indication that they should stop working on Stadia projects was that even many employees at Stadia had no idea what was coming. Shortly after yesterday's public announcement, someone claiming to be a Google employee shared a screenshot on Reddit of a meeting invite from Harrison. Quote, we'll be having a Stadia team meeting today, September 29th at 8.30 a.m. Pacific time to share some important updates with everyone, end quote. It began. The important update turned out to be that Google was killing Stadia by the beginning of the next year. And this is one that, uh, even though it's, new, new, it's story number two, I'm also putting it as required reading because the Kotaku article is actually extensive. Uh, Ethan goes into a bunch of more examples of developers that were working on Stadia games, people that worked at, at, at Google working on Stadia being like, hey, yeah, and like I was talking to this person, I was getting ready to get my game uh, uh, game off, and all of a sudden, boom, like I have, like all this work that I put into this thing is now gone. Uh, And there are a lot of tweet examples of developers being like, like, oh shit. Even even yesterday when we were reporting on it, right, Bless, like like, later on in the the episode, out today, there was like a new game coming out on Stadia. On Stadia. I I imagine uh, when I heard that, I was like, oh man, I, I can only think of like what, the devs who are working on bringing games to those platforms are feeling right now. That's insane. It's insane. It sucks. And like, it kind of reminds me a bit of like what we've heard about with layouts in the past few weeks between Fanbyte and Future and G4 of a lot of this shit is, is very much happening all of a sudden. And a lot of these companies are not treating people well in terms of even just informing them of, hey, this is coming up, this game that you're working on, like it might not have a home in a few months, right? Like I think that, that kind of... Um, 
uh, foresight, I think, could be valuable for developers, especially when you're working on something that could be exclusive, right? Oh, cool. Now all this work I'm doing is going down the drain. I think giving them a heads up and, and being like, yo, maybe shift platforms or, hey, just like a, like a hint or at least like some level of, you know, inform the people around you, inform the people that work for you, inform the developers, and then inform the public would go a long way in terms of making that process a bit smoother. But yeah, like the closing of Stadia, even though uh, like a lot of it, I would say is predictable. A lot of it, you could you can see it by reading the tea leaves. A lot of it still blindsides people, especially when it comes this rapidly and out of nowhere, right? Like I think we all probably assume it's gonna happen at some point, but I don't know if we all assume that it's gonna happen T uh, today, right? Or as, I guess for this context, right? September 29th, 2022, that's when everything's going to go to shit uh, of learning that this platform's not going to exist in a few months. And so it sucks for the developers. Um, I'm hoping that people are able to, to to still be able to like shift platforms and still get those games out that they're working on because it sucks to have all that work just disappear out of nowhere. Um, but as we're riding down on this, I, would, I do want to shout out a chat from Ghost209 who donated us $2 and says, MSG or whatever it is is overrated, and usually I would ignore chats like that. People calling this shit overrated, especially things that we love. Yeah, like, MSG. I, don't give a I hate MSG, bro. Yeah, get that out of get my that MSG out of here. Usually I don't give a fuck, but you gave us two dollars, and so you know, I'll, I'll take it. If you want to <laughs> complain, at least give us money while you're complaining. You know, yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. It, it, it. I appreciate it. Just the story reminds me of like the HBO Max stuff that we were talking about with like cartoons getting taken off the platform and and, and stuff immediately, and uh, the uh, the creators not really being uh, given any heads up on it and not really having a legitimate place to like show their art off and stuff. And it just it sucks and it's sad and it uh, again is a reminder of. Maybe this all digital future isn't as great for uh, the creators as we uh, would hope it would be, you know. I gotta figure it out though, man. Like that's the problem is like this shit's gonna keep happening when it's like there needs to be investment from all angles, and that needs to be from every single team involved has to be looking at this with like a singular vision to move it forward, and then the teams around them all need to like believe in it, and that's why I think Xbox is having so much success is they're doing exactly that, and they have the means, they have the different development teams already, even within their own. Their own ecosystem of being Microsoft allows them to, to move forward in a way that going back to what I was saying earlier about Google, it's like they don't have the IP, so they need to start from square one, whereas Xbox has Xbox, you know, or Microsoft yeah. has Xbox. They also have all these other things uh, to help yeah. them allow their systems to work in place. Google has an incredible uh, data centers and internet and yeah. all of that they stuff. They got the infrastructure. But they're missing but so much. That's more. not enough. Yeah. And it's like, you know, taking such a big swing, it's like ugh, there wasn't enough people aligned on this. And when the audience uh, excitement isn't there to back up this, it's like you're, they just made the wrong bets with all of it. And it really sucks to see because so many people are affected by this. So many people are blindsided. And so many more people are going to continue to be as these decisions continue to be made. And we see more and more uh, things pop up. How many different companies are going to put out a handheld? the device oh the steam deck did great cool how many more are going to pop out now and then eventually get a ton of people without jobs a I mean, lot guys let's see where this logitech handheld takes us you know what i mean even though i i don't know if that's going to put people out of work but yeah i think we're going to see we're going to see more of those and i'm curious to see where that, where that goes my question is i know this is a little bit off topic but on that point do you think we get handhelds from xbox or sony i've been seeing people on twitter start that conversation up a little bit and i think it's an interesting conversation especially from the sony side given that we got the vita and the vita did not have a great 
end of its life, right? PlayStation abandoned that thing pretty quickly. Do you think now, after the Steam Deck, there's a possibility we could get the return of the, of the Vita? The Vita I would too? be, I would honestly be shocked. And like the industry has shocked me many times, especially recently with news that I never expected to ever happen. But I just don't think, like, again, talking about everything I've been saying today of just like look around what's happening and like making the right calls of where the future is going to be. I don't think the answer for Microsoft or PlayStation is a dedicated handheld device. I think Xbox is in an interesting place because they've done so many of the other things correctly and are building their cloud infrastructure that if eventually they offered a like more dedicated handheld way to play those games, I wouldn't be surprised by that because everything else is already there. But at the same time, why would they need to do that when they themselves are already pushing and partnering with 8-BitDo and shit for uh, phone holders that you put the an Xbox controller and then you're able to play on xCloud? That is your handheld yeah. device. And they know that the majority of people out there have smartphones that are able of doing that. And if they don't, those people aren't going to be in the market for a handheld Xbox device. I mean, I, I think the argument would be if you're able to play your games natively, right? It's not like a cloud streaming device. It is a, hey, down, download your Xbox games. You have a terabyte of memory on this thing. It is just, it's branded as another extension of the Xbox Series X and the Xbox Series S, right? It's the Xbox Series P, where you are, maybe not P, because I, I have a connotation, but like you you make a portable Xbox Series device that is pretty much like the Steam Deck, where you are downloading the games, playing them natively, and the games, like you go hard in terms of give it a nice screen, right? Give it good resolution, give it OLED, put all the bells and whistles in there to like make this thing pop as a, no, this is a nice piece of hardware that you're holding. And it is you playing your games natively, right? Not just Xbox Game Pass, even though I'm sure that would be the push, but also give it like the Xbox Store, give it the same Xbox UI that you have on your Series X. I do think that there's something there. I don't know if we'll see that soon. I think that might be a far off future when Xbox is a bit more comfortable with everything else it's doing, because I think that would be a um, more like, it's a device for, for the people that have the money to spend on it, right? Like this is more of a like a fan device, right? This is something that you want because you are in the Xbox Elite ecosystem. Series 2 type shit. Yeah, yeah. Or Elite like, Controller I think you, in general. You could, I think you could do something like that. And actually it could be a good thing because you're not segmenting your audi- audience like the PlayStation Vita uh, uh, does because it's a different yeah. different library. I think there's something there. I mean, PlayStation, I, think that, I don't know about that. I, that is, I think, a uh, non-starter is that it can't go back to the 3DS days. Like the Switch opened that door of like, no, it is just the same system. And then now the Steam Deck broke that door down. There's like the walls destroyed <laughs> like entirely. Yeah. There's not even a door frame anymore. Uh, exactly, exactly. Right down the walls. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it's I, I do not think that we see one from PlayStation. I think if anything, PlayStation, has, especially doubling down on PlayStation VR 2, which I gotta say I am surprised by. Like it's mm-hmm. happening now. It's officially real as hell. And I'm still like, they're doing it. Okay, wow. But that shows where they're at and like how they're seeing their future and how they're seeing their tech. And again, Sony has always been about pushing the tech more because of Sony's brand and Sony's history and lineage compared to Microsoft that is less on the the physical hardware side, more on the software hardware side with things like Windows and um, all their different office suites and things like that. But um, I don't know. We you would be wild. And probably would be the move if you're PlayStation and you decide you do want to make a, a another handheld. You don't call it the PlayStation Vita 2. I think you no, call it definitely the, don't. You call it the PlayStation Portable 2 and have it be <laughs> Vita Erasure and piss off the Greg Millers of the world and the Meads of the world because I did love my Vita. Right. I, like yeah. I, that, that might be the route to go with it. And honestly, if that happens, 
I'm picking up my my um my pitchfork and torch, and me and Greg are marching up to PlayStation, and be like, "Yo, acknowledge the Vita." Acknowledge the Vita. Acknowledge. The Vita. Uh, we might do that, but before we do, everybody, let's take a word from our sponsors. Shout out to NZXT Canvas Gaming Monitors. We are huge fans of NZXT here at Kind of Funny. And I got to say, these monitors, they're Andy Cortez approved, Kevin Coelho approved, and Tim Gettys approved because of their sweet 1440p resolution with 165 hertz refresh rate and one millisecond response hits. That sweet spot for gamers due to the balance of picture and performance. They're available in 27-inch and 32-inch curved displays. Variable refresh rate support for all of the major your gpus they provide an excellent gaming experience for any game genre you can get the monitor just alone you can get it with a stand or you can get it with some pretty cool mounts there's built-in software support with nzxt cam that lets you control all your monitor settings directly on your pc no need to mess with the clunky hardware menus to lock in your desired settings they thought of it all it's sold exclusively on nzxt.com you can learn more about the nzxt canvas gaming monitors at nzxt.co slash kind of fun that's nzxt.co slash kinda funny shout out to uplift for sponsoring this episode i've been using my uplift desk for well over a year now i love the thing so much i decided to write a rap song for them the build quality is real good it's made of real high quality wood they didn't ask for it i just did it anyway getting my uplift desk immediately improved my mood whenever i'm on shows i'm standing up i'm feeling a lot more energetic and also i kind of feel like i was just maybe creating some bad habits sitting down at a desk all day i would move my legs up i'd sit underneath my legs on my chair and eventually all that stuff just created really bad back pain for me choose from laminate whiteboard bamboo solid wood butcher block or even custom solid wood or laminate options uplift desk won new york times wire cutters best standing desk from 2019 to 2022 and while i'm at it i'm just going to give them an award as well best standing desk that i use in my bedroom from when they sent it to me until now uplift desk have a 15 year warranty they ship the same day you order with free shipping and free return shipping so if you've been feeling the effects of sitting at a desk for eight hours a day maybe you want some more energy in your life maybe you want to do squats in the middle of a zoom call or something uplift your life go to kindoffunny.com slash uplift story number three god of wars pc port studio says it's working with sony on a flagship live service game this comes from tom ivan at vgc the studio behind the pc version of god of war has said it's working with sony on a flagship live service game vancouver's canada-based jetpack and interactive is also still working on the god of war series it's claimed perhaps suggesting that plans are in motion to bring the upcoming playstation sequel god of war ragnarok to pc sooner rather than later jetpack which bills itself as a small and nimble team is currently looking to hire programmers for work on the upcoming live service game we're excited to embark on a new live service title with sony and we're ready to launch it said in a linkedin post this month if you're an experienced game developer and want to join our team to ship a triple a title reach out elsewhere the studio said it's currently working directly with sony to develop one of its flagship ips within its much anticipated live service games portfolio oh it's an interesting thing we're gonna have to talk about it in a second yeah. playstation currently only has one live service game mlb the show 2022 but said in may that it's planning to have 12 live service games in the market during its fiscal year ending march 2026 jetpack previously made the ps4 port of orcs must die unchained provided engineering support for the pc version of dark souls and offered various support services for ea's nba live franchise interesting bless we've talked Uh, a lot about these live service games where do you want to start there's a lot of interesting tidbits here 
I do I I I do I do find it interesting that they refer to they refer it as uh PlayStation's what was it live service portfolio. Mm-hmm. Uh like that I think that helps frame the way that like PlayStation is probably talking to their teams about it, right? And how they're thinking about it, right? It's not just hey, here are live service games that are games that sit alongside God of War and Horizon, right? Hey, no, we are working on a part- portfolio of live service games, which lines up with how we've talked about it so far, especially coming off of the Bungie acquisition at the top of the year, which is, oh, why, why is PlayStation acquiring Bungie? It's not just for Destiny. It is also uh, to get Bungie's expertise, right, and have Bungie work alongside all these other studios that are working on these live service games. Um, so I, I, I think the doubling down of, hey, this is a portfolio that we're working on, I think that's fascinating. I think what's also interesting is, like, what is this them making their own game? Right, like, is is Jetpack Interactive making a new life service IP that is entirely them, or is this them working on something else that another developer is working on? Is this them working with Naughty Dog to bring Last of Us Factions to PC while it's simultaneously launching on console? Like, is that what this is? Yeah, probably. Which is cool, right? Because I think that would then mean, like, hey, maybe you're looking forward to simultaneous launch on pc and consoles which would be great for live service games i think that's the way you want to do it absolutely and especially when you look at it now it's like what is their one live service game mlb the show which currently is the one sony game that is on other consoles as well it is interesting you know so it's like i i bet that you're right they are going to try to work especially with the team that's proven that they can already do this to help create games and um different experiences that can be live service played on pc and playstation in as many places as possible for as long as possible because that is the how they monetize live service games right so that makes sense to me for sure and then working on god of war ragnarok coming to pc sooner rather than later not a surprise either right like i think that that kind of uh adds up to the cadence at which they've been releasing these games again i've been completely surprised um going back to a couple stories ago saying that i would be shocked if we saw a, a handheld from Xbox or PlayStation. I am completely shocked. We're seeing pretty much every major PlayStation game on PC. And mm. sure, some of them are now a decade old, but we're getting to the point that we're getting games coming out on PC that are three years old, like not that long ago, right? And the fact that we're getting Spider-Man and Miles Morales, that's a year. It's two years. Two years, yeah. Time's Time flying by. Time is flying by. <laughs> but yeah, but Sackboy, like, Sackboy coming out uh, next month, right? That's going to be almost, I guess, two years to the day of that game uh, coming out originally. Yeah. And yeah, it's happening more more rapidly. Returnal coming out probably soon, based on yeah. how much this thing is leaking, right? That's going to, that, the Returnal came out literally last year, right? Last spring was that game. So we're talking about a year and a half in that case. You know, it's getting closer and closer. I wouldn't be sur- surprised if God of War Ragnarok, maybe one year after that game comes out, maybe we see it on PC. And I think a lot of this is gearing up for what this life the life service portfolio is going to end up being, which is I imagine if if we're again going back to reading tea leaves, we've been reading a lot of tea leaves this week, right? Tea leaves is oh, a yeah. recurring thing this week. Mm-hmm. If we're reading the tea leaves of this PlayStation push and also the leaks and reports we've seen about a PlayStation PC launcher, I think it all lines up together where it is, hey, we have these life service titles that you were accessing via by going to the PlayStation PC launcher and then hopefully like Steam and other stuff if they're smart about it because I don't want it to be an exclusive thing. But it is you go into the PC launcher, it being the central place we are connecting to to maybe have cross-save progression between PC and console for a lot of these live service games. Also have trophy progression via PC and console and do all this stuff together in a way that would make sense. Uh, I think that would be a phenomenal way to do it. 
because of course again as playstation you want to have your games everywhere uh uh you want to have your live service games in as many places that make sense as possible and i think for them it would be playstation and pc you want people to you want as many people to play together as possible right so you want to have that cross cross um uh cross play and cross progression and all that stuff it all just lines up i think it all i think it all lines up and honestly it gets me excited like i can't wait to see this stuff start rolling out um because i think it's going to give us a clear vision of how playstation sees their future right at least the rest of this console cycle because i think this is my this might be the defining thing of the ps5 generation once we really get into it um so yeah i'm excited i'm excited for this stuff to just start rolling out 12 life life service titles is a lot <laughs> that's the only thing that's the only other thing i'll say i mean it is and like at what point like what it's such a weird thing because like it's sony talking about their live service portfolio a portfolio doesn't mean that every single game is going to be exactly the same even if it's in a vertical like i wonder how they refer to their other titles right like mm-hmm. outside of their live service portfolio do they think of it as like a first person shooter portfolio or is it multiplayer single player like how what are the buckets that they use i would, I would minds, imagine that right? the bucket is prestige like playstation prestige i don't know if they're saying prestige but in what we think of as prestige games right horizon god of war uncharted uh maybe days gone you know, i think that is one bucket right there and i think there's probably another bucket that is like the sack boys of the world the i hate to put sack boy and destruction all-stars in the same sentence but like destruction all-stars yeah. of the world right like those games are used as almost those filler titles or those in-between titles to give your audience like a portfolio to hop into right but not but something that might not be the tentpole this is what you're getting hyped for for this year spider man god i think that stuff counts as one thing and now, yeah, the live service stuff is going to come in and, and kind of count as a new thing. Yeah. Like, live service, I think, is going to... Uh, it's interesting that the, that the article calls out MLB the show as live service, because I'm not... I don't think I've thought about it as live service, and but... That, that's kind of what I was driving at, is, like, yeah. I wonder what... Like, if there's 11 live service games and we hear that, we're just like, oh, that sounds like a lot. But what? how many games are they counting that we wouldn't think of as live service games? Like, are they counting Gran Turismo as a live service game? Mm. Like, I mean, honestly, I haven't... I could even, see it. I haven't played enough of it to is it like would we consider it a live service game like potentially with how these games work nowadays like live service game just doesn't mean what it used to because like I think it's just it's gotten broad enough just like back in the day RPG got broad enough where before it meant something if you said something was an RPG you knew exactly what it was now if you say something like oh yeah there's RPG elements every game in the world has RPG elements you know so wow story number Four, Need for Speed Unbound reveal event imminent. This comes from Tom Henderson at Insider Gaming. Uh, despite constant behind-the-scenes delays for the Need for Speed Unbound reveal, sources have now said that the reveal is imminent. It's understood the long-awaited reveal will take place within the next two weeks. Uh, rumors have suggested the reveal will take place in early October, although we're unable to corroborate an exact release date. Sources have also revealed the Need for Speed Unbound will have a release date of December 2nd, 2022. Uh, it's understood that the trailers around one minute 30 seconds in length and his soundtrack features american rapper asap rocky <laughs> need for speed unbound has been a hot topic of discussion following leaks of the game showing that the title will incorpor- incorporate anime elements within the title fire smoke flames etc will all appear in the car as you drift jump and crash bless they're speaking my gimmicky ass language baby i'm glad you're into it because i saw that and i'm like that sounds tacky as hell it sounds horrible yeah i fucking love it dude this game coming out of nowhere coming out within a couple of months and they're at an anime fire let's do it as reported as reported by 
uh, Executor earlier in the year, it's understood that Need for Speed Unbound will be very multiplayer focused and feature meetups. Uh, well, you lost me. Meetups will allow people to race against one another in different locations around the map. In addition, it's been said that Need for Speed Unbound will feature a unique map that's completely unique to the Need for Speed <laughs> franchise. Cool. You Congratulations, guys. Yeah. It's like, uh, wow. I mean, the chat makes a good point of like, are they going to have waifus now? And if that's the case, Blessing is 100% going to play this game. Why does everybody think I love waifu? Burr's the one because who's played Persona do. 5 six times. You're the one. Listen. You're the one who likes more anime stuff than I do, man. I'm just saying. You're, you do put I? in hundreds of hours of Genshin Impact. That's That game is literally okay, first waifu of all, the game. First of all, I put in 40 hours into Genshin Impact, and I didn't play it for the waifu. I, I didn't spend a ways. dime. I didn't spend a dime for on the Genshin wings. Impact. I was there for the Breath of the Wild-like experience. And let me tell you, mm. I got that, and then I dipped. I was like, all right, cool. This thing is, it just keeps going. It just has more quests. Near Automata, though, let me tell you about waifus. You know what I mean? Oh, man. Love that game. <laughs> I love Originally... you get upset when we accuse you, and then you're just like, you lean into it. There's it's no brand. That's what I do at this point. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Originally, it was understood the title was going to be revealed in July, then August, then September. No official reason has been given why the constant setbacks, but the reveal event date is now on the horizon. Forza Horizon. I, I saw that. I was like, is that, are they making a joke there? Are they making a bit? Are they, are they doing a thing? Here's my thing. Because I think this is, a, uh, this is a good report. This is an interesting league. Um, you know, I don't know how much, how much we care deeply about need for speed here at least the modern need for speed games like if you go back to underground or like hot pursuit on ps2 then i'm, I'm with you but like it's the fact that in this leak right or in this report they talk about it is understood that the trailer is around a minute and 30 seconds in length and its soundtrack features american rapper asap rocky that wasn't put in there for any reason but the flex that you have this leak because no who gives a fuck about how long the trailer is and that asap rocky's in it I mean, that's the thing that they're, they're proven that the more deep, the, the, you know, that a leak in olden times, you knew it was real when there was one random thing. That's like, that's just too odd and too random to be fake. Right. People nowadays are onto it. It's easy to fake because you throw in that one random thing. This is that one random thing where you're just like, that is oddly specific, but I, I believe so it. I think for something like this, this is just the type of shit they had that info. And so they, they ran with it. They're like, but, why not? Like we're reporting on the game, but also just throw in there that ASAP Rocky's in the music. Just so, just so they know what we got. We yeah. know everything about this. Yeah. Gotta love it. Um, yeah. yeah it's, you know, this is interesting. I I'm excited to see what it looks like, but it's not really, um, instilling much faith in me that this seems to be the rollout plan for this game like oh it's about to do a beyonce surprise drop not yeah, a, yeah absolutely i i it makes me wonder like what their fear is <laughs> like why haven't we seen this game before if it's coming out in december it's it, a need for speed game it feels like need for speed games have just kind of just been popping up out of nowhere constantly without like enough love being put into them like they need to need for speed can come back i believe it but for it to come back, it needs to really kind of like look within, decide what what does this a Need for Speed game need to be in 2023 and beyond, right? Mm -hmm. What type of experience actually makes sense? Everything they're saying here doesn't sound like it to me. In a no. world where Forza Horizon 5 is available on Xbox Game Pass. <laughs> I, I So I booted up Need for Speed Heat recently because it was included in PS Plus. And I've heard people talk good things about Need for Speed Heat. And so I was like, all right, let me give it a shot. And I booted it up at, uh, probably a few weeks ago at this point. Played about 20 to 30 minutes. And I was like, I just can't do this. Like, there's, there, I feel like modern Need for Speed just has a 
lack of overall overall quality that is easily accessible at other uh, other places elsewhere. Mm -hmm. I, I can I can pick up Forza Horizon Five on Game Pass at any time and play some of the best racing I've ever played in my life. I can play burnout paradise remastered and get some like just fucking crazy ass crashes and takedowns and have an absolute blast i think need for speed it needs more of an identity and it needs i do think it needs more fidelity like i think driving i i'm somebody who when it comes to when we're talking about looks graphics um uh fidelity all that stuff like i i like to think that that isn't on the forefront in my mind when it comes to every single game but i think it might be when it comes to racing games for racing games i do need a racing game to look magnificent I do need cars to shine a certain way. I do need to, to hear the engine rev a certain way when I press R2. Like, I need that stuff. I need that feeling. And playing Need for Speed Heat, I wasn't getting any of that. And even though driving did, just didn't feel uh, as great to me. Um, and so I, I I don't know what the next big step needs to be for Need for Speed. I would love to see Need for Speed take a break and us get maybe a burnout next or like some other racing franchise next or maybe even if you need to give need for speed to to codemasters because you have codemasters now um maybe put them to use i don't know i, I for me i don't get excited for need for speed anymore like i used to plus they need yeah. to do one simple thing What's for that? me and you just for me and you just do it y'all need for speed colon underground colon oh. burnout Oh, okay. okay, you're just trying to kill us. You're just trying to like give everybody heart attacks out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just think about it, everybody. Could you imagine? Think about it. Can you imagine? I would, I would implode. That's like give that's me... like asking for uh Tony Hawk's skate. It is. You know? That's like it that is. kind of announcement. That's what I'm saying. Let's just make it happen. Give me. I want ray traced puddles from Need for Speed Underground. Can you imagine the neon glow of the underside of that car reflecting oh off of the puddles? Of the oh iconic God. Need for Speed Underground map that will not be featured in Unbound because it's a fully new map, everybody. So fully new map, everybody. Get hyped. They decided to make hyped. a new map for a video game. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Good for you, Need for Let's Speed. Go. Story number five. Ubisoft announces playtest for new session-based co-op shooter Project U. This comes from Tom Ivan at VGC. Ubisoft has announced that it's working on a new co-op shooter codenamed Project U. The company said Project U explores a new concept of session-based co-op shooter where many players unite to prevail against an overwhelming threat. The game is in the early stages of development and will have its first PC-only closed test in Western Europe. While the game will be entirely in English, the test will be available in France, Germany, Ireland, Norway, Sweden, fin Finland, Denmark, the Netherlands, Belgium. Okay, there's a lot of places, guys, and it's going to be available there and the UK. Uh, we'd love to play with you and gather your valuable feedback in order to improve the game experience and steer production in the right direction. Ubisoft said players can register for a chance to participate in the coming test. Can't believe you skipped over Luxembourg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where is X Defiant? You know, show me X Defiant. Oh, wait, wait. Tim's on a phone call right now. He says one second. It looks important. Uh oh. Uh oh. What's happening? He's having those business calls, Blessing. You got a business call? He's got a business call from someone, someone important. He's muted his mic. Oh, I guess this isn't a bit. He's he's talking to somebody Maybe off camera. Me. He's talking to, he looks like he's talking to Gia. 
No, I think I, I can't honestly. I can't. I thought this, this was a God not. of War Ragnarok pick where he was gonna come back and be like, someone called me to be like, hey, we're delay, we're delaying this because of uh, God of War Ragnarok. You know, that's what I thought too. But now I'm like, is this a bit? Is this a bit, or is he on an actual phone? I'm call? sorry, it's not a bit. My the internet's not working upstairs for, and it's not working for Cool Greg or for Gia. So this isn't good. I need to restart again. So <laughs> all right, well, it's I'll on take you a... for now. Go for it, bless. Listen, Tim, I got this. I'll take it to the end of the show. Uh, Barrett. I'm so excited to see what this uh, first-person shooter is from Ubisoft. And a sea of first-person shooters that they've, I'm pretty sure, already announced. But getting the full reveal of this thing is just so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Grab Shops today, where would I look? You would go to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show host and sometimes its producer each and every weekday. Out today, we got FIFA 23 for PC, PS4, PS5, Stadia, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X. Arrowheart for PC, PS4, PS5, Switch, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X. Blade Assault for everything. Bunny Park for everything. Lemon Cake for everything. Paw Patrol Grand Prix for everything. Undetected for PC. And then, oh man, I always screw this one up. Grease? Gree? Gris Plus for Apple Arcade. That's the Gris. really cool artsy. Is yeah. it Gris? That's a really cool 2D platformer, artsy-looking game yeah. uh, that I think came from Annapurna. Um, apparently, it's getting a plus version for Apple Arcade, which have video games gone too far, Barrett? Because, like, uh, great, just like Gris... get, get, getting, like, updates and stuff like that and, like, uh, putting out... Uh, it's like, the fact that Gris is, like, this editions. really cool, like, really artistic, beautiful, gorgeous game, and they're like, now let's put out a version called Gris Plus that I'm sure just has, like, fucking <laughs> updates or whatever. Yeah. But it's, like... Imagine, I don't know, man. Imagine if they made Citizen Kane Ultimate Edition. You know what I mean? It's like, mm -hmm. at what point are we corrupting the art with I game updates? I mean, we do, we do have uh, Citizen Kane Ultimate Edition, I'm sure. Like a, a 4K Blu-ray version with some sort of, like, uh, retrospective commentary on it and stuff like that. I'm sure that's out there. If I boot up Gris Plus and it has, Apparently like, a score Gris attack. It's pronounced says OM Jesus, which Gris. I don't believe him. I don't believe OM Jesus here. Uh, also, I put in uh, a poll in the chat. says, who is more weeb trash? And you were winning for a good amount of time, and then some weirdos came out of the woodwork and made me win. So uh, I won that poll. Weirdos. 54%, weirdos being 45%. Uh, it was really think... close. It was it was fifty fifty for a good uh, amount of chance, uh, a, a good amount of time, and I just want to on the uh, record that I barely like. I watch a handful of anime, and I watch like you know anime for the the hype arcs and you know the the animation itself and the the artistic stuff and the uh, emotional roller coaster. <laughs> the artistic stuff. All right, my Hero Academia fan, go on. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, well, now uh, Demon Slayer was what I was uh, thinking more there, just because of the animation in and of itself. But like, Demon you know Slayer, why an anime plays near an Demon fans. Slayer, an anime with no horny shit in it. You know what I mean, Barrett? You know what I mean? Demon Slayer does every. But I'm not watching just it for free. the horny. Shit. We know why you play near and Genshin. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Barrett, Bear, first of all, you're saying this as if you wouldn't absolutely adore Nier if you played through Nier. Nier would become one of your favorite three games. three to four times, and I can't. I just can't get into it. Oh, man, you just got to get to the, 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 the E ending. Oh, you my gotta God. You got to just get to the, the part where you can get to the trophy where you look up her skirt. Hey, I don't have that. The people in chat were trying to claim that I have that trophy. I don't have that, that trophy. And also, how do we give too much power to Greg Miller? Because the only reason people have this perception that I'm a fucking <laughs> this anime pervert is yeah. because Greg Miller made a meme and you all just go with him. Listen, yeah. are we not all tired of this man? Of the power that we give this man? We can take the power so, back. So, so, so you're saying that he's pitting us against each other and we should really yes. just why, uh, like uh, rise up together as the weeb kings and uh, overthrow him. 
I'm saying I think Greg Miller is deflecting because think about the games that Greg Miller plays. Greg Miller, I remember listening to a podcast where Greg Miller talked about a game called Gal Gun, where I believe you 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 would shoot these girls and you would give them orgasms. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what Gal Gun was. And Greg Miller played that shit. That Maybe wasn't me out there. I don't play games like that. I don't think Barrett plays games like that. I at least in public. Like yeah, no. Yeah, Greg Miller plays those games. I'm sure he plays a lot more perverted shit for the platinum. So so keep that in mind, chat. I need y'all to keep that in mind as I go to deal of the day for you. Uh, the next free Epic Game Store titles have been announced. You're getting Rising Hell and Slain Back from Hell. Uh, those will be able to claim on Epic's PC Marketplace from October 6th through October 13th. Now it's time to squat up. <laughs> Soul Blaster 59 wrote in with the squat up and says, Hello, KFGD. Long time listener, first time writer. As I was looking at PS Plus last month, I saw Division 1 was free. I downloaded it and loved it. Knowing Division 2 was still being supported, I bought that and I'm currently enjoying myself taking back DC. I am looking for any agents who would help that, who would come help a newcomer uh, have as much fun as possible. Also, I was trying to join the KF clan for a few days and haven't heard anything back. Please help. Uh, if you want to help out Soul Blaster 59, you can add them with the with um, on PS4 with the username Soul Blaster 59. That is PlayStation 4 uh, username Soul Blaster 59. Nano brings up uh, awesome go play division two. Uh, just uh, going back, Nano brings up a good, good point in chat. Like, how do we know that you aren't playing Galgun in your free time because you hide your trophy list? Still to uh, this day. Why would I play Galgun in my free time? Because I hide my trophy list. You know, like Greg Miller is playing those games because his trophy list is public. He wants you to see the fact that he's playing these perverted video games and getting the platinums in it. The fact that I hide my trophy list means that I'm not wasting my time getting these useless platinums that Greg Miller is. Half well, those no, platinums you're, you're are for high, games. Well, it's not that you're trying to get a, a platinum in uh, those kind of games, but you just don't want it uh, publicly known that you're just playing them for for fun and popping those trophies. Prove it. This is an, this is another chicken in the egg situation. <laughs> is like, why would I play those video games? Because I don't care about platinums. Greg Miller cares about platinums. That is why he plays those this video is... games. <laughs> What I see first? what you're doing here, <laughs> the chicken or I see what you're doing here, buddy. It's not a good argument. It's a bad. It's a great argument. argument. <laughs> it's a great argument. Listen, I'm I, I just don't care. Is the thing. I don't care All about right. these about these useless platinums. I'm not out here playing. What was it, Platy Bird and Pretty Bird? What do you think they're doing in Pretty this Bird? This is deflection, <laughs> pretty, blessing. It's deflection. Let me tell you. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com. You're wrong. Where you write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong, so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe. Globe, globe, globe. Kresik says the nine to five Google story about the Kojima game was not about a Death Stranding sequel. The phrase follow up just meant the next game he made after Death Stranding. Oh, okay. So it's not like a Death Stranding related game, apparently. Should we have Roger the change the thumbnail, maybe? Uh, probably. Okay. <laughs> probably. I'll get on that in a second. Uh, Nano says Stadia had two first party studios, but they got shut down in February 2021. Cool. I don't think we're wrong about that, but I guess that is clarification. Uh, Gordon Ramsay writes in about MSG. The MSG thing doesn't need it. You're wrong because that was just a joke. That was just a bit. Um, Tim, this comes from Cheese. Tim mentioned that Sony's only live service game is MLB The Show. Gran Turismo 7. Oh, yeah, we talked about that. That's not a year wrong. We talked about that. I think he said uh, MLB The Show is the only live service game on multiple platforms. Yeah. Is what he was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's on Switch and Xbox now as well. Gran Turismo 7. Oh, wait, that's the same thing. Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, Bob says it's pronounced Greece. 
Nano says it's no one. Greece. No one knows how to pronounce this fucking game name, and they haven't <laughs> since 2018. It's been four years. Let's just move on. Uh, Nano says, "Bless, uh, how would we know you don't play those games? You hide your trophy. Listen, everybody. All right, stop giving Greg Miller power. Don't the do it. The reason why you care about my trophy list is not because you care about my trophies. It's because Greg Miller makes you guys care about my trophies. He keeps talking about him to deflect off the fact that he's playing perverted video games. He mm -hmm. wants you to keep keep the focus on me and my shit that I got well, going on. We're just on. wondering, but when he like, has maybe his you garbage. hide your trophies to also not publicly Barrett, admit you're that giving you're playing those perverted Greg. games. I'm just you're saying. Giving in Top shelf to Greg pervert. Barrett. Uh, and then some Draboni here <laughs> wrote that uh, Greece is pronounced Greece. All right. So it's mm -hmm. definitively Greece, according to you wrong. No, the developers said it was GreeIS. God damn it. God damn it. So we made it. We made it. <laughs> <laughs> Next week's host for Kind of Funny Games Daily go like this. On Monday, you're getting Greg and me. On Tuesday, you're getting Greg the pervert and me. Wednesday, you're getting me. <laughs> you're getting me and Greg, a man who plays Gal Gun for fun. On Thursday, you're getting me and Tim. Then on Friday, you're getting Tim and me. That's right. We're back at it like a bad habit. If you're watching this live on YouTube right now, over on Twitch after this is nothing. We're not doing a stream after this because we got some fun stuff that we're doing at Kind of Funny internally. We're getting ready. We're gearing up for a gearing fun up. studio launch. Uh, and so we're taking the rest of this Friday. We're preparing the studio, making it as dope and hype as possible, and maybe cleaning it because it needs to be vacuumed. It, it needs it needs a lot of cleaning uh, to be shown off to everybody. But uh, if you guys want more Kind of Funny content today, uh, patreon.com slash kindoffunny supporters, you're going to get Rogue One in review live in just 30 minutes with me barrett sage and carboni i can't wait to talk about this movie especially with sage it's gonna be so fun now is it live on patreon oh on patreon on patreon gotcha 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 mm -hmm. cool patreon.com it's kind of funny or kind of funny games doesn't matter because you get the same content on both now isn't that right that's right baby let's yeah, go yeah remember this has been kind of funny games daily each and every weekday live right here on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and starting next week also twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we yeah. run you through the nerdy news you need to know about we have a patreon post show the final khd post show for those that are subbed at the server level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games before of course next week uh shit list is becoming its own show on patreon that you can get by supporting at the 25 dollar level uh, so get hyped for that but yeah today we're doing the final post show so tune in we'll um Bust open the champagne. I got champagne in the kitchen I can get for this one, Tim, if you want me to. It's unopened. <laughs> and so we, can, we can turn it into a party. I don't know. Is this Hello. The final... I'll be here with my Pop Lamoose LaCroix. Is this our final post show ever? Uh, no. For now? Mm. No? Yes, it is. It is. It I is. think it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we got a fun shit list for you for this post show. I love so, it. I love it. Now, yeah. I will say, Bless, I will say, you might want to mm -hmm. hold the champagne for later because me and you got a wild night ahead of us. We do got a wild night ahead of us. Y'all, we're, we're seeing Lupe Fiasco, Fiasco perform the cool front to back. Are you kidding me? Are you Let's kidding go. me? Let's go. Paris, Tokyo? Superstar? Come Dumb on. it down? Hip oh, hop saved time. my life. Let's oh, go. It's going to be such a fun time. Uh, but of course, this has been KFGD. This hasn't been the Lupe concert. Me and Tim will do that later. Until next time. It's been our pleasure to serve you game daily.